All right, let's do it. Making plans with the boys. I'm going to hit the town. Listen, the clock is ticking. Do you got your mind right now? Okay, the 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 the, the tape's running. Do you got your mind right? You okay? No. <laughs> I live with you. Whoa. Now hold on. This has got to be one of the most pleasant experiences of a lifetime. Uh, you're welcome. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. I just sneezed. So I saw that little image you sent to my phone earlier today. About what? Um, Refresh my memory. Uh, right after you got out of the bathtub, the one about Biden and the student loans. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to remember I know, but what, what it you, is. What you... I I talk to a lot of people. I send things out Wait, to when a you're lot in the, of people. You were in the bathtub, and you can't. You send a lot of stuff out while you're in the bathtub. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Oh, here it is. I got it. What was it? What did it if say? If your again? college degree doesn't have enough value for you to pay it off, it certainly doesn't have enough value for me to pay it off. That's right. That sounds about right. I would agree with that. But how does I what do you think Biden's doing? I mean, let's just face it. He's he's, he's co- buying the college level students election votes. Yeah. That's got that's plain and simple. It's so funny when you when you hear the news because they're not intelligent right now. No, they haven't even lived in the world long enough to figure out what's going on. No, get them while they're young. It's very impressionable. It's free. Yeah, that's the word. Free. <laughs> you know what? I remember growing up, and my dad said, "If somebody offers something to you free, it's not it's free. Not, yeah, something's wrong, and you better question it because nothing's free." That was like a golden rule almost growing up. Well, like, it's very common sense. Nothing, nothing in life is free. No. So if you're going to, okay, then let me let me see how you can go in. I know you're not politically super savvy, but you pay attention. You're smart. If Biden's going to forgive three hundred billion dollars in student loans, how is all of a sudden that not free? What happens then? How, We're how, paying. There for it. you go. <laughs> I'm not stupid. It's no, coming ju- from somewhere. I was just asking. But honey. that's what I'm saying: is the college kids are like having a party right now. They're probably using their college loans right now and having the biggest keg party they could possibly have out Why there. Why not? Now, how would you feel if you struggled to pay off all your loans and then six months later Biden starts forgiving debt? <laughs> and you I would lose it. I have lots of friends that are like that. We have Both of us yeah. have friends that have put themselves through college master's degrees paid doctor's degrees and paid it off themselves or found a way to get yeah but they just can't, to get it done but they now can't go back and go hey biden can i be included in this biden's gonna go nope your student loan's already paid for but yeah, I, that just but blows I, my mind but i paid it off last month sorry you missed the deadline buddy <laughs> that just blows my mind and when you, and we're gonna pay for it and, and and when you ask when they ask biden about it like hey uh why are you doing this he goes well they're, they're very needy. These people are in need. These are desperate times and desperate people. Oh, oh, good. So I've got some VA people that need some help, too. Can we take care of the veterans? Hey, Who? I've got, 
That's what yeah. he says. Who? I, I got some people. I got. I know a lady who's uh, living in the valley in her car, struggling to get by with three kids that she puts at her grandparents' Biden's house. Biden's going. I'm going to be dead in two years. I'm not going to care. I'm sorry. Aren't those people in need also? Can't we do something for them? Well, also? yeah, but he doesn't care. He's buying his <laughs> votes. He is so desperate right now. You know what? I'm. I. It doesn't matter where you stand on that politically, politically right. at all. He is buying votes, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, when they go to this extreme to start using government money or people's money. Giving it away. Giving it away, you are buying votes. So guess what else they're doing? The Biden administration is giving everybody who comes across the border illegally, they, they give them free health care on the spot. They put money in their pocket. They're giving them... Um, free passes like green cards to be in America so they can be they can vote once you get a green card you can vote again we're buying votes what about the illegals that came across the border and did it right i don't know if it's right right shouldn't be the word but did it to citizenship well then they that were our, all our families then all they, then they weren't illegals you can't say illegals came across the border and did it right they came across correctly not or they came across correctly yeah. i'm sorry thank you for changing yeah the they the ones but that I did mean, it right they, and Man, they had to fight for every fight for everything that they have to have a piece of America, to yeah. have that piece of freedom. Well, the thing you said, they did it right. I agree with that terminology. They did do it right. They followed the rules. They did it correctly. And then they look next to them and someone just strolls right in and they're right up to speed with them. Like, wait a second. You, you fuckers didn't have to do anything that yeah, I was Yeah, no going blood, through. sweat, and tears to get there. No. Well, it's... I don't know that you can stop it. I don't think, uh, you know, he's doing it right before midterms. the midterms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even if you had... A, Sounds like they're worried. A court injunction, a court order, you couldn't get it done in time. You couldn't stop it, even if there was a way to. And I don't think there is. The thing that bothers me about, and this isn't just Biden, every president who uses executive orders, and they all do now, as soon as Trump gets into office... 800 executive orders undoing Obama. As soon Biden gets That's in office, crazy. 800 executive orders undoing Trump's. Do you know executive order was the basics of it was supposed to be this is something you can do if something needs to be handled right now. Yeah, like and, an emergency. And, right, and Congress doesn't have quite enough time. Yeah. And I thought there was supposed to be a fuse on it. I thought it was like, okay, here's the executive order. Congress, you got 30 days to let's get this, you know, because yeah, I don't know. Yeah, kind of like a term limit. Yeah, like, here's I'm, your term I'm limit. I'm doing it right yeah. now because you guys can't get to it. I'm going to do it today, but go ahead and, and straighten this out. Figure out the rules and, 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 and fix it. Maybe we need to put like a, a, a number on that, like how many executive orders you can do in a, in a <laughs> presidential term. Well, Because just, it's getting abusive. It's just well, getting sure it more is. and more oh, all, over the, all over the map. It's, it's incredible. It's like we might as well just like scrap our whole government and start all over again. They just write an executive order and then it works its way through the courts to find out if it's valid or not. But the order and stands takes forever. And the order stands until the until it works its way through the courts. What, like innocent until proven guilty? Pretty much. Yeah, exactly like that. Not not that's a good description, yeah. The that's how they do it. So, so this, anyway, so this executive order is innocent <laughs> until it gets I to the I wasn't trying to get you my head. You're riled up now. You're angry I over I am <laughs> because I'm just, I guess I'm turning out to be an old lady where I was with my parents. Like, I remember my parents going, where is this world going to? Where is this government going to? And that was like 30 years ago. And I here know, we it are. Wasn't even that, it wasn't even that long ago. That people would, even though there was division in politics, that people would still work together for the common good. 
there was a common good. There was a main goal. It was just we'd argue about how to get there. I remember my parents and grandparents all arguing with their friends over points of things in politics, but they all had the same goal. It was all a very similar answer to better America. All of them were, every, yeah. everything out there. Now I believe what my dad always said, he never talked about money, politics, or religion. He just stood by that and said, yeah. no, I'm just, but he, all, but he had an opinion. It was just, well, yeah. it's just, there's no common ground with anybody anymore. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Yeah, I agree. I well, want to run away to an island. <laughs> well, there's Can we just n- sell everything and buy an island? <laughs> no, we're not that rich. Sorry. Damn it. Make we, our own government. We could we could probably sell everything we own and have a rubber dinghy <laughs> that would float That's away. That's not going to help me. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. So there's some silly questions in here. There's some deep questions in here. This is the, again, the kid left these things. He's not even part of the podcast. What an asshole. Again. Um, I know. Twice in a row he's done this to us. But you know what? He's so dang busy. I, I'm kind of happy in his senior year that he's so busy. I want him to I know experience you, everything possible because he got gypped. So I, thank how, you, okay. Biden. How, how did he get gypped? He lost half of his freshman year and all of his sophomore year what of high school. What are you blaming school. Biden for? What did Biden do? Stupid COVID. Okay. You can blame COVID. All right. <laughs> but... I'm I'm I, I'm with you on what you just said, but I'm a little bit at odds. Just a little. Don't don't look at me mean. You said okay, you're then so. I'll talk about it. Mean. <laughs> well, you just said you go. I want him to have this great year. It's a senior year. I want him to do everything and be involved and going. And you are so gung ho with him with that. And he knows this. He knows that you're behind him. He's thrown out everything. Like, I want to do this. Yes. And I want to go here. Yes. I want to have this. And I want to drive there. I want to go there. Go. But he's. I have a feeling, I'm afraid, he's going to leave his studies behind. He's going to miss some things in chores around the house, some family obligations, some school obligations, because he's just go, go, go. And I think you're just going to let him, let him, let him. Yes, for this year, yes. Oh, were well, you going like to give him it. a whole... What if, he, what if he hears this podcast and realizes, oh, <laughs> all right, I just got to... I can just fuck he's off He's not going to hear it. No, he won't hear it because he never listens to the podcast. But that's not the point. The point is, what if he figures it out that he knows there's really... He's just going to skate by because you're just, oh, just go enjoy yourself. Make sure you're on every page of the yearbook, son. What if you get that mode in mind? There's no stopping you. Yeah. I, I couldn't even stop you. I want him to have the best year possible. At what expense? Is is anything on the table? <laughs> <laughs> his grades. I mean, of course his grades. I want him to come out on top. I mean, we've already discussed that. Him and I have discussed that. And I think he is going to have a good year. I think... Um, I'm definitely going to have to watch the grades. That's been discussed. I'm but just saying. I want him to, and he's on the young side of things. He's going to graduate at 17. Right. So it's not like you're seeing the goal of 18 right around the corner. He's not going to graduate or be right around graduation and go, I'm 18. I'm an adult. He's not getting there. No. But it's like, I want him to have the best year, and I told him, do whatever you want to do, whatever tugs on your heart, well, go I, try I it. I got it, and I do too. In fact, I want him to have his best life. I want his whole life to be the best and experience and go and do and explore. But I, I would also say you can't do those things. You're not going to be allowed to. I'm going to pull the rug out from under you. If you don't keep your core responsibilities in check. Well, that's where we differ because I remember being a senior in high school and not doing chores till the weekend because I was so busy during the week. 
I didn't do chores during the week when I grew up. Okay. And if I say that, how many FFA things has he already got scheduled every single weekend? Every Not every s- single weekend. Well, Maybe one weekend out of the month. No, I don't know about that. I think I think that all of a sudden we'll shift everything to weekend, and then he's thinking, okay, just got to be busy on the weekend now, and I'm good. No chores at all. Oh, I couldn't go anywhere till my chores were done, and they took half a day before I was off and running. I don't know. I don't see. I, I we do. We not, don't. No, not at all. We don't. Not parenting the same at because all. Because he's going to be doing chores and and having a household for the rest of his life. Yeah, and this is good practice for it. Yeah, but you only get to be seventeen once. What kind of fucking stupid logic is that? What I don't even understand what that means. He's you, only seventeen. He's okay, like sixteen, so, actually. He's sixteen. All right, so let's take care of sixteen-year-old grades, sixteen-year-old uh, type of chores around the house. Let's be courteous as you would be at sixteen. Let's keep things grounded at a sixteen-year-old level, and then go have fun at sixteen-year-old level. I'm right there with you. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's the time frame you want it done that I disagree with. Have I brought up a time frame? What are you talking about? Of like after school chores. I don't think there has to be a two hours of after school chores. You are chores. the one who wrote the list. I haven't written a list today <laughs> or this year. <laughs> you sound like one of my kids. I didn't write a list today. No, you are the queen of putting it up on the refrigerator, of micromanaging him minute by minute. Don't, don't. I haven't figured out this year because this year, for those of you who don't know, uh, instead of going to school from 7.30 in the morning till 2.30 or something, yeah. the wonderful state of California has changed it from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. I which can't even tell you how much that fucks people up. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. So by the time he gets home, he's tired, for one, because technically he's up early. Well, he still has to get up and go take care of yeah. Buford. And it's so just, he's up at 6 o'clock anyway, no matter what. We can't find a happy medium with this yet. No. I haven't... I haven't watched it develop to see how this is going to go, now and it's I will, hard. I'll agree with you there. We, he does get up super early anyway, and now he can, once he's done feeding and taking care of his goat, he very much would like to get on with his school exactly. day. Exactly. Let's get it going. But he has to go and sit at school for over an hour before classes even start. Yeah. And then he comes home. It's an hour later in the day. It's just, it's, it's shitty. Look at all the parents that used to take, look at all the parents that we know uh, in our neighborhood that used to drop their kids off. On the way to work. I think it's just a California thing. I, I don't know. I think it is. I think it's just a California, they dropped this one. I don't know well, if it's in any other whatever state. Whatever it but is, it's just, parents used to go on their way to work. They yeah. drop off their kids at junior high, drop yeah. off their kids now at high school. Now it's all about the kids. The kids have rights now. Now they're <laughs> they're talking about, you know, the, the, does the parent leave the kid home? Does the parent um, drop them off at school an hour early? I mean, now it's a, you know, what do you I do? I wouldn't want to have kids i think it's high school that they made later but still i mean i don't know it's just so hard i can't find a happy medium right now well my argument my argument was to everyone (laughs) everyone not listening to me (laughs) my argument was okay why are you doing this and the the answer was always the same well what we're doing is we're going to have the kids start at nine you know they'll be a little they can sleep in they'll be a little more refreshed it'll be just right and i'm like okay how is that preparing them for work? There's lots of jobs that start right at eight o'clock. Yeah. There's lots of jobs start at seven and seven thirty. How are you preparing them for any of those jobs? I There's college classes that start early. You're not even preparing them for big I college betcha, classes. I bet you the kids nowadays don't start college till noon. <laughs> Their first class is at noon. 
I don't God. know. I I just don't know. We'll have to just figure this one out. I'm so thankful he's on his last year for that stuff. Well, all I'm saying is that I just don't want to give in to him and let him just have his way with this year. And you know, I don't want to at the end of at the end of the school year at summertime. I don't want to look at you and go, "Well, everything got fucked up," and you're going to go, "Yeah, but he had a great year." <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree with that. All right, here's an off-brand one. Somebody wanted to know. Growing up in Los Angeles, did you guys participate, or did you re- not participate in, but <laughs> go to, did you remember going to or hearing about the 84 Olympics? Yeah, I participated for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can say, yes, I did go to the Olympics. I did not, believe it or not. I got a t-shirt, I but I didn't go. Oh, wow. You got the participation <laughs> trophy there, didn't you? I got a t-shirt you? from the parking lot at the Coliseum. Um, well, I have a couple stories. My grandfather worked for a flag company in downtown Los Angeles during those years. And he, there, that company, I can't even remember the name of it, made all the flags for the 1984 Olympics. Oh. So I still have in my possession a three foot by five foot 1984 Olympic flag. That's Far pretty out. cool. A, a real one. Yeah. And um, my Dad got tickets for, they were expensive. My, I remember my dad saying how expensive, like we couldn't go to some of the really big events, but we went to track and field. We went to the women's uh, marathon, I believe. And I think um, if you look back at the films, there's this film of a girl that was stumbling into the Coliseum. She yeah. ran the track. And do you remember that yeah. girl that I was there? Oh, when that happened I and I saw her stumble across the finish line, but she made it, but she was dehydrated and all that. So I I got to see that. I witnessed that event. That's happening. pretty cool. The only, um, the only direct tie that I had to the 84 Olympics other than my t-shirt was that, <laughs> um, well, good for you. my grandparents, one of their best friends, their camping buddies that they had in the, they used to go camping with like, there was 20 or 30, um, Retired couples, and they were called the Valley Vagabonds, and they would go camping, and this was one of them. They had a special needs uh, son. I'm going to say at the time, his name was Robbie. I knew him really, really well. I'm going to say he was probably 27 at the time, 28. Um, He carried the torch. Oh, that's cool. He was one of the, you know, they had so many people handing off the torch, and he had a stretch that he did, made the newspaper, because they lived in Burbank. And um, he made the he made the paper, and he got to carry the torch. He got to keep <laughs> his his me. torch. So yeah. You just reminded me of a story. My parents went and saw the torch, and I was in the teenage mode of, why would you want to go see a torch <laughs> running down the street? And my mom and dad were like, well, we're going. I'm like, well, have a great time. And I didn't go, but now looking back, I'm like, yeah, I probably should have done that. But I was like in teenage mode, going, go see a torch. What are you talking? Oh, the other one was they said um, the Pope, the real Pope, visited Los Angeles. <laughs> the Pope Mobile. In 1987, what do you remember about his visit and did you see him? Because, you know, wherever he drove in that Pope Mobile, that glass. Yeah, <laughs> I remember was, seeing that. It was like an upright glass coffin and he rode around in it. He so, was like the boy in the plastic bubble. Right. So do you, um, what do you remember from that time? I never saw it in person. We did not go see that, which is kind of weird because my parents were Catholic. Huh? You'd huh. think uh, that they would want to do that. Yeah. They waited many years and they just decided to visit him in the Vatican instead of, <laughs> you know, in L.A. Um, 
So we didn't see it, but I remember it being all over the news, like yeah. every station that you turned on. I well, remember, because, didn't he go to Dodger Stadium too? Didn't he have a big, huge mass at Dodger Stadium? He might have. The only the, I remember just what you said. I remember that every because everywhere he was going, yeah. there was just live coverage. All yeah, and all the streets were shut down. Everything, Everything he shut did. down, and people were the, wanting to be blessed. And uh, I saw. I did not see the Pope. I don't want to say that wrong. I saw the Pope from a distance. No. <laughs> I didn't see him. Um, I think he went to the San Fernando Mission. Okay. And here's why. Because I was watching the news, as you did, as the middle as of the day. Do. Like one does. And it had the, the, every channel, every channel. The Pope, the Pope, the Pope. He's, he's getting on his helicopter right now, and he'll be heading south over the San Fernando Valley. And I went, huh. I remember walking outside. And this helicopter flew by, not not close, but you know, like two streets away, where I could just I could clearly see it. Uh-huh. I could see people in the helicopter. Uh-huh. I could not tell you which one was the Pope. There wasn't that close, and there was like several helicopters around him, and police helicopters, and there were some jets way up high. Yeah. But uh, he he was flying from what what I guess the Mission Hills area, and so I don't know what he was doing over there. He either was at Mission Hills, um, at the at the um, fuck now I lost the name. What the fuck is it called? San Mission. Fernando. San, Fernando, San Fernando Mission. <laughs> he was either at the San Fernando Mission or he had spent the morning at Magic Mountain. I can't tell which, but he oh was coming gosh. from that direction. <laughs> and so that was my... That was so my, you saw him in the air? I saw him in the air. Okay, I saw well, can I, can I piggyback on that about something that I saw in the air that gave me chills? In the- <laughs> I don't, I'm hmm. not sure where you're going with this. Should we ask any children to please so put their So you remember the 94 down? earthquake, right? Yeah. Would you believe that after that happened, the Air Force One landed at the Burbank Airport, which is a small airport? No, there's not enough runway. They did. Wait, wait. The big Air Force One, the 747? It was the big one. Or the one we saw in Simi Valley that was in the hangar now, inside the... In 1994? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Let's just say it landed at the Burbank Airport, and... I lived after the earthquake pretty much out front. Yeah, right. (laughs) I was not going in my house. I remember seeing that plane take off. Really? From the air, from the airport. And it was an aha, oh shit moment seeing Air Force One. I had chills. I'm thinking the president of the United States is in that plane and watching it fly overhead. It didn't matter who it was. It was just that ominous airport Airplane, like, right. whoa. You know, and it was just, I watched it till it disappeared. It was the most beautiful plane I've ever seen. Well, and then was it was probably the 747. That's the one they painted that bright blue color, that, that one you see now. It was, I was just, I remember, I'll never forget that, just looking up in the sky and seeing it. It was huge. And just watching it fly overhead and was like, wow. You see, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the mouth of a woman, size does matter. All right, moving on. What were we going to say here? There really? More. You had to go there. <laughs> you left yourself when wide. When it comes up. to a plane, size does matter. So what you're saying is in another area is not so much. Hmm. That's for another discussion. <laughs> uh, okay, so there was things in here. There's um, more? Yeah, there was some stuff. I even added to that one. You did. He didn't have that on there, did he? No, he okay, didn't. Good. I'm just trying to sift through these things. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, I'm doing the best I can. This isn't my normal job. 
Um, one of the questions on here is kind of written vaguely and weird. Um, that sounds like our son. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, it was. It's almost like he. It's almost like he slid this one in here as testing the waters to see what he can get away with, oh, because great. It, it says it, the question basically is, and I, I'm guessing it's a serious question from a parent. Okay, how much? How would he know? <laughs> well, he he's either testing us to see how much he can get away with, or this is a legitimate question from a follower, um, from okay. a parent. All so right. hit me. They're asking basically, and this is garbled mess, but they're basically asking how, how often, when should you bail a child out of a learning situation and when do you let them live through it? And that's a tough question because if, you know, we had one son who was living on his own, remember he rented a room across town and he called me and says, I got five more days to my paycheck and I have no money. I'm eating bread and crackers and, and drinking water. And I went, yeah, good. <laughs> Budget your money better next time. Click. Can you hang up? I don't mind him learning that lesson. Wow. But I've also seen, yeah, I didn't tell you about that when it happened. You'd have brought him a grocery bag full of food. Um, but the other thing is, is that what if a child gets in trouble? What if he uh, is involved in a, let's say he's involved in a car accident and maybe it might be his fault and the, and the people might be suing him. That could affect him financially the rest of his life. Now, do you hire an attorney? Do you help bail the child out? Or do you say, well, fucker, you shouldn't have been driving at two in the morning speeding, should you? Now is that a lesson you let them learn, or is it, or have has it now, has it now become such a serious issue that you have to step in and do something so your child's mistake doesn't ruin the rest of their life? Now, while you're thinking of that, I'll give you two examples. One was with me growing up. My mother would always would never side with me on anything. It didn't matter what I did wrong. She goes, "Well, that'll teach you." Well, guess you learned your lesson there, and it didn't matter how serious it was. Now, she softened as she got older because one of my brothers borrowed, with my quotation marks, <laughs> borrowed a car and wrecked it with, oh. with someone and hit someone. I was there at the house. He came in, drug my mom outside. All of a sudden, my mom is buying the car from the people Whoa. at full retail price. Uh, she's paying for the medical expenses. And I'm going, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Where's the whole fucking lesson of guess you fucked up, you're on your own? She goes, well, now. And she sat me down. Well, now there does come a time when you don't want a child's mistake to ruin the rest of their life. And you need to step in as a said, I've ruined my life six times over. I've completely fucked up my life. Where were you then? So <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I've lived through some of this. But the legitimate question is, is... How do you know when to say enough, I'm not helping you anymore? Or when do you say, wow, I need to step in because if this goes badly, my child's life is going to be irrevocably harmed? Oh, my God. That is such a tough question. It's, it's, oh, man. It's, you have to approach, I think, each situation that comes up differently based on who that child is, how responsible they are. I mean, we made many mistakes and learned from them in our generation and have grown from it. But what if you're making a mistake that hard. really you can't grow out of? You're in trouble. You yeah. may. There's one. When you were saying that story about crashing the car, I have a story to tell. And it's gone till the day my mother died. <laughs> I got this one. This was, I was, I had a, a 68 VW. What bug. do you mean it's gone? We don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it doesn't come back to haunt me. Oh, okay. In other words, you now you can now you're free to say about it. Well, I can I talk about it, but I was always guilty, 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 <laughs> guilty, and I'm like I'm not guilty. Okay, this go ahead. I want I want to hear this story. 
So I had a 68 VW Bug. I was driving 20 minutes to college. I was going to Cal State Northridge down in uh, Southern California. And if anybody knows about 68 VW Bugs, sometimes the brakes went to the floor and you had no brakes. And that started to happen on my VW Bug. And so I would use the emergency brake. Well, I kept telling my dad, going, okay, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. So I'm driving to CSUN one morning, and I'm coming up to a red light, and I'm not going that fast, but my brakes went all the way to the floor, and I wasn't stopping. And I pulled the emergency brake up to stop, and I ran into the back of a car and dented the whole front end of my VW. Not, I mean, enough that I had to get two fenders and the hood. <laughs> the <whole laughs> you thing. fucked it up. And I remember making the phone call to my dad. I was probably 19 at the time, and he was mad. My dad never cussed, but he did the silent treatment. He would just, he goes, it was your fault. You rear-ended. I go, Dad, the brakes went to the floor. So, of course, he comes out. He gets in the VW Bug because it's sitting there on the street, and he goes, well, there's brakes. I don't see a problem with this. You weren't watching what you were doing. And I'm like, oh, till... The day he died, he did not believe me at all. And my mom even brought it up about a year ago about that. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, I'm serious. Which, which side was she on? She was on the side of my dad that I rear-ended this lady like on purpose. And I'm like, no, it really happened. Till the day she died, she believed my dad. And I'm like, why would I lie about it now? Like at 54, why would I lie about it? But I remember the the punishment was is that I had to pay for it. And that's how I ended up going to pick apart. <laughs> and I had to go dig through cars. My dad took me to the junkyard. You had to pull and fenders off. And we had to pull fenders off and the hood. And then he made me drive around with no matching fenders <laughs> and hoods. And then we had it painted. So that was the... But I, the whole time I'm sitting there going, it wasn't right. my fault. So I, I worked on so many VWs growing up when I was a kid. I have a little bit to contribute. I've also Don't been tell a, me I'm guilty. I've also been a mechanic <laughs> for 40 years. Okay? I've had shops. I've been a mechanic. I've worked at dealerships. I feel a divorce coming. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something from my expertise Point. You're now, sounding like my father. I'm not a pilot. You're sounding like my father. I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. But I am a mechanic. Man. So I just need to tell you. Tread lightly. <laughs> Tread I, lightly. I, I'm allowed to have an opinion. You are so full of shit. I can't even tell you. Brakes do not work sometimes and work the next. Oh, I can hear people screaming right now. Yes, they can. Calipers can get hung up and shoes can get stuck on the backing plates. Yeah. Okay. Everybody can fuck off. She said the pedal went all the way to the floor and there was nothing. And it just, what, the master cylinder just resealed the piston cups? Okay, you're done. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed you either after a fucking second. I go, it's not how it works. Not how it works at all. Okay, we're done. <laughs> you didn't. You, you didn't. You got all sidetracked. You haven't. You're answered, done. You haven't answered the question. I know, <laughs> but now I'm mad at you. <laughs> all right, let me ask you something else. I love you, <laughs> but I'm mad at you. Thank you. I love you too. Now listen, let me add something else to that. When you're choosing to bail out a child, when you're choosing to help them, does it depend on how much it affects you? 
In other words, well, if yeah. you have a ton of money, are you more inclined to go, all right, I'll take care of this for you, but you need to learn your lesson? Or would you go, holy shit, this is all the money I've got and you're really fucking with me right now. I don't have any more money. If I spend this on you to help you learn your lesson, I'm screwed. Does, does, does your level of participation in bailing a child out depend on your financial circumstance? Yes. Well, perhaps that answer is why so many super rich people fuck up their kids because they just keep bailing them out and bailing them out. I don't think that's out. helping them at all. I think our what we say in our family that we've always said that once you turn 18, you know, it's pretty much our liability is done. We've said that to right. many of them. Sure. That if you, at, after 18, if you get into a car wreck. Yeah, you fuck up, it's if on you. Your- if you don't take care of your car and your car burns up, you burn up the engine, that's on you. Like, that's just lack of responsibility. That's not our fault. Sure. When it comes to big things, I don't think kids in their 18, 19, 20s realize the big picture of how the domino effect happens with big, big problems. Okay, then let's use your example right there. What if uh, one of our kids comes to us right now and says, my car blew up. I didn't change the oil enough. If I lose my car, I lose my job. If I lose my job, I can't finish going to school. Did the bus pay system my tu- break down? I can't go to school. I can't pay my tuition. If I lose my car, I lose my job. If I lose my job, I lose my schooling, my education, and my income. I'm, I'm damaging my whole self here. Is that a point where you step in? Because you just said if, it's, if they're over 18 and they don't do car maintenance after we've main, if we told them to, we've taught them, do you step in and help there? Did the to, bus system break down? Did there, do they have a bike? Yeah. I do they have, I'm, I'm for the possibility of getting, of having a loan and us being a bank, the parent being a bank. I think that's a possibility of, you know, of loaning money if it's right. possible, but also teaching responsibility of paying it back. That's, that's an important thing because it's hard to get money when you're young. I think it's harder now to get a loan. In, it is. In, it's and a I, different situation now. You can't get credit. You know, you can't walk into a bank and get a loan. So, And I will if, tell you there's no right answer here. No, I know. But if, we're, if financially you could teach them a lesson of, well, you messed that up. You need a loan. Here's the loan. And we'll set up a payment thing. I know what you're going to say. You're going to go, what if they don't pay you every month? I mean, it's like a domino. No, I know. Thing. Yeah, I wasn't going to go down that road. I could, yeah, you're right. That's the next thing to consider. But if you're if you're broke, it's, yeah. easy. it's easy. You go, sorry, I don't have the money. You're fucked. Exactly. And how many times, like you said, how many times do you bail one child out? How many times is it a mistake where it's just you are well, just not responsible? And you know the problem I had with us and our family um, you know, we didn't have a ton of money and we had some savings, but not a ton was what if all the kids need something? Yeah. One time. What if five kids have out of our eight, what if five of them come to us all at the same time with the same need? Now it's like, wow, I really should help these five kids out. But, but you three, you, you guys are kind of assholes. You've been an asshole your whole life. Fuck off. I'm going to help the two kids that are really trying in life. You guys are floating around. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm helping them. How does that go over then? You know, when you're when when they all need something, you're like, yeah. well, you help them, but you're not helping me. Yeah, it's a tough. It depends on. The, I think it just is situational well, and responsible and maturity on their part. I think it has to do with the whole picture. I mean, it's not a. It can't be a quick decision. No. You and I, you and I have always sat down and discussed those big decisions, and I and in the end, you always made. 
I respected your decision. We've made it that. Well, yeah, you... but yeah, we've we in, in our marriage we've put it on the the ultimate. You've put it on me. Actually, it wasn't even me. You put it on me and said, in the end, after we'd hash all this out, um, I'm going to let you make the final call. But you put a tagline on that, which I hated. <laughs> I would have loved for you to said, well, sweetheart, uh, you are the man in this marriage. You are the man in this relationship. And at the very end, I want you to know that I love and respect you. And so when you make the final call, when you make the decision, I will be your loving, supportive wife. That would have been fine. But you remember what you did. You we, we had all the conversations. So you know what? You make the call. And I'm like, all right, far out. She's like, uh, let me do this. <laughs> and she looks at me. This is, a, this is a true story. And she said it more than once. She looks at me and goes, because if it fucks up, it's on you. Exactly. You, you have to fix it. Yep. If you don't want to go with my thing, I'll help you along the fix. I'll support you. Right. But remember, this is on you. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> you, you, so don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you answered the question in the best way you could. It's a big picture. It has to do with what is the incident with the child. I mean, we didn't talk about anything criminal, um, no. and 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 what they did and how we assessed the, how they got involved in it. Uh, the other one is is can are we in a position to help? Yeah. Those are some big factors. We know the child. We learn the situation that's at hand, and we see how much it's going to cost us. Right. And it can't prepare. be a snap decision. I mean, a lot of these kids want a decision right then and there, and they're very Boy, impatient yeah, with that. They're like, they? well, we need a decision. I'm like, no. When it affects our family, our financial situation, us, we need time to sit and think about it. That's always, not an easy... You know what? I forgot about that. They, want, a, they that. want it now. They want a yes or no right now. And you can't do something no. like that. Not when it's... I completely forgot, but they did that all the time yeah. to us about stuff. Can I do this? Are you going to help? It was everything. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. They uh, didn't realize that there's a lot of things we had to discuss. I don't miss that. that part. No, I don't either. <laughs> but that's it. it. And that's not a discussion for them to be involved in no. that. That is a sideline discussion. No, between, that's between you and I once right. we get the facts straight. All right. Let's move on to something else. There's two. There's one kind of a longer question than a real short one. Okay. Let's go. Um. 85, 1985, 86, 87, you and I were, you know, 17, 18, 19, we're coming to that point of wanting to move out or being in the house. Now, mm -hmm. I, I've heard from you a little bit about you at that age, but I'll talk about me first. I, I didn't want to be anywhere near my parents. I didn't want responsibility. I didn't want chores. I moved in with my grandparents. Because my grandma did my laundry and she'd cook for me and my friends. Yeah, how'd chores go with your grandpa? Well, that was different with my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather, by that time, had had a stroke. And so he only had the use of one arm. So um, for him, I would do anything. And if he says, you know, we really need to do some of that, I'm on it. I'd get up early 6 a.m. I'd work as hard as I could. I didn't ask for a dollar. It was just my grandfather, and he needed help. Now, if my mother had asked me to do anything, <laughs> I would have kicked and screamed until I said, I'm leaving. I will live in my car before I live in your house with your rules. I was not having any part of it. And it was me literally just trying to get away from any sort of authority. I wanted none of it. I'd go to my friend's house and do chores. I would not do it at my house. Wow. So at that point in my life, I... I felt like I was being persecuted <laughs> and I <laughs> wanted out. This is where we didn't like each other just so, because we say we've known each other since five. No, we, we did not like, I did not like him during this time. Well, I didn't like Note. you either. <laughs> 
high school. I didn't like you Actually, either. Actually, we went our separate ways at that moment. I didn't like you either. You know why? <laughs> I didn't. How come you didn't like me? Just one sentence. Troublemaker. Yeah, I didn't like you because you wouldn't put out. Okay. So that was the end of the story. I moved on. There. <laughs> okay. Now you hit you hit this age. Yes. And you had told me. Um, I was you, pretty much a spoiled brat at that moment. You had told me you wanted out and it, you know, you took you off to go with a guy and leave. And you were like, and you told me looking back, like I t- will tell what well, happened. I, when I turned 18, my parents were retired Yeah, and just, I got a job. I was going to school. I was in that routine, like all 18, 19 year olds. And then all of a sudden my parents decided to pretty much travel around the world. So there were pockets of time where, I was left with the responsibility of a house for two to three weeks. <laughs> How nice is that? Kind of like a risky business situation. Yeah, for you know? sure. But there was responsibility with that. I had to keep the pool going and everything. So that was really cool. But then, you know, I got to 20, 21, and I'm like, I really don't want to do this. I want my own place. I want my, I want out. I want, and then there's this guy, and then. I know, but you made it sound like, I just had to get out of there. So I went with the guy and just took off, even if he was the wrong guy. I'm like, what was, I'm sorry, back up, sweetheart. I'm sorry, princess. Can you tell me again what was so hard that drove you into the arms of this man? Well, you had to take care of a pool. Oh, you poor thing. I just wanted out. I just really wanted out of the house. I was done living there and I didn't want to do it. And You know, I asked your mom about that once years ago. I said, we were alone. We, you know, we used to have those lunches together. And I said, I said, so what was the story with her? She's like, I was 18, 19. Oh, fuck it. I got to get out of here. This is oppressive. Your mother goes, she's so full of shit. <laughs> she had, there was nothing wrong. She was nothing oppressive. You were just had that angst. She goes, there was nothing going on here. She just, she just had to get out. Yeah, I did. That's why. And I answered that. There wasn't really, I just wanted out. I didn't want to live at home anymore. I just wanted to be out yeah. in the world. Now, think about our kids. Because I don't, I know that my mother was very controlling and um, she had issues with me way back when. I get that. I don't think looking back now, they probably weren't as big as I was making them out to be in my head, but they were, they were uncomfortable. Yours weren't. You just mm. you just had a regular house and you just had teenage angst and you wanted out. Yeah, All right. I just wanted out. I okay. just wanted to go live my life. So what about our kids? Now that we've, this last batch of eight, I wonder how many kids, if I can think of them, left because uh, stuff made up in their head, I got to get out of here, or stuff because they just wanted to carve their own path in life and they were mature. I mean, I think peer pressure has a lot to do with it because I saw a lot of my friends getting out too, and it was like, oh, they're doing it. I'm going. I'm going. And I think maybe our kids were the same way. They're seeing, you know, their friends getting out and and kind of making. I don't want to say making it in the world, but struggling and getting yeah. out there. And they're like, I can do that. So yeah, they left. But I think, and I think I was the same way. It has a lot to do with the just getting out there and just okay, let's go do this. And you think it's easy. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be easy. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you two quick stories about. And I think you know these about our two oldest sons. Um, to, you know, everybody has this thing when they get back in family get-togethers around Thanksgiving and Christmas, and everybody starts bringing up these stories about the old days. Everybody talks about me kicking all the kids out, and I didn't do it. You did. I know. <laughs> you kicked those boys out when they were eighteen, and I remember. Um, 
they had two very different reactions being out. My, my, my oldest son comes back to me. He was all cocky. He'd lived, he'd been living with friends off and on and really trying to figure out how fucked up it was to live on people's couches. He comes back one day and he goes, I did it. I don't need you anymore, dad. I said, yeah, what's up? Got me a job, got me a place to stay. I got me a career. I said, oh yeah, sounds great. He goes, I joined the army. <laughs> and that broke my heart. I was, I was like, laughing. I oh, know oh, you were crying. I'm going, you know what? That's exactly what you fucking need. You join the army. Good for you. Now, our other son, who's been on the program before, and he's uh, the, the pot smoking, tree hugging guy up in Eureka, he moved out. You know, she, uh, Gen X mom kicked him out for various reasons. And within two months, he called me and goes, Okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I get it. I understand. That and was he, constant fighting and arguing and how come we don't treat, you know, yeah. do this and do that. And but I finally just went, then go try it. I, remember, I was, I know. I remember we, I was by the barbecue we, I was just gonna I did say, it. I was just going to say Go that. inside and get your stuff and get out. Yeah. I was done. Yeah. But it was funny that years later, the one who joined the army, he came back and he was telling his younger brothers and sisters, I overheard him in the kitchen. He goes, when I joined the army... He goes, for the first two weeks, he goes, I practically cried myself to sleep. I realized I'd made a mistake. I didn't really want to be in the Army. I realized that I was just doing it to be spiteful and to show that I could do something. Now, now that we look at it, the Army was great for him. I mean, yeah. all the possibilities, the jobs he's gotten after that, he really thrived and did well in there. Yes. But boy, at the time, he was first he was cocky and arrogant. Then he came home and goes, I cried every night in yeah. basic training. It broke him, <laughs> I know. And it broke my heart. That was a tough, tough So time. let's move to the last question. What kind of environment did we create for the kid? Where is he living in right now, Gen Z kid? Is he at the moment? Where he is, he thinks he's oppressed and wants to leave. Is he no. trying to figure out how to stay? What he's seen all this stuff go on, and he's just a regular kid in a house like everybody else. How does he, how would you guess he views this environment? Right now, I think he wants to be home. He's still sixteen. He's not even eighteen, and seeing any of his other friends get out. He's just seeing last year's seniors going off to school just now. They're going away to college. Yeah. They're getting out. He's just seeing what that's like, and he hasn't got the information back. Or he hasn't uh, gone to their places and hung out with them no, either. No, it's you know. still, I want to be home right now. So I, right. it's not there yet. I don't think so. I think he gets frustrated with us at times. I mean, it's, well, it when gets, you, and I were, you get some teenage angst like, God, I wish my parents would get off my back. But I don't think it's to the point where... I want to move out. But world. we did that. I remember physically thinking in my head, God damn it, if I could just get out of here, I'd so fucking leave. We had those moments. At time, we were so frustrated with whatever, made yeah. up in our head. Yes. I'm going to agree with you. I don't think he's ever had a moment yet when he has said, that's it. As soon as I find a way out of here, I'm gone. Yeah. I don't think he's even entertained that. He likes his room. He likes his house. He likes his family, his he dog. dog, everything. Yeah. He's not there yet. He, right. He's not there yet. So, so did and we solve anything? Did no. we solve the... <laughs> <laughs> I think we just made more confusion out of everything. <laughs> I think we are not perfect parents. No, people. they're gonna have to rewind this episode and go. You guys, did what you did guys we talk say anything? About? Yeah. They didn't fucking say anything. Did they? They didn't give me an answer. The yeah, fuck's wrong with you guys? Is, I'm even more confused now. You know, at the end of podcast etiquette 101, it says right here at the bottom, we're supposed to come up with an answer. We didn't deliver. We didn't. <laughs> Maybe it's affirmation to them that you know what we're all in the same boat as parents like, wow what a polite no. way of saying everyone who is listening every one of you is having the same problems 
we want you to know you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Same much. as us. Don't worry. Pretty much. We're all in it together. You'll get through oh it. My I God. should do all the cliches. You'll get through it. <laughs> it's not long. There's a light at the end It'll of the pass. tunnel. It'll pass. Everything will work out. You'll you're be going through a storm. <laughs> You'll get there. Oh, my Your God. Your life is like a wave. You, you know how many people are hanging up right now on us? <laughs> click, 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 no, click. No, because according to uh, people like to hear my voice. So. And there rather, goes my head. I know. You no. got you did such an arrogant. If you weren't so cute, I'd have got rid of you a long time ago. Aww. But you're so beautiful, and Thank I love you. your voice so much. Thank you. I don't mind sharing you with the world. They love hearing you, too. All right. <sighs> so... You want to say uh, goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was it. I guess we're done here. Um, goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening and all our gibberish and going back and forth and talking out loud and trying to solve the world's problems yeah. here at my dining room table. <laughs> um, Which I've ruined. We, uh, Yeah, that's for another podcast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, why do you have to go bring that up? Because you really? brought up the dining room table. Now I really don't like you, but I love you. Okay, so I don't know what that means. What do you? What does that mean when you say you love me but you don't like me, or you love me and you're mad at me? I mean, if you love me, does you love me but I'm really angry? Does that mean I don't get dinner or I don't get sex? There's got. I don't know what the point is. I'm going to leave you in a state of confusion. Because if you just say I love you and I'm really mad at you, but you get all the other shit you normally get, then I'm like I don't fucking care if you're mad for me the rest of your life. As long as I have, if I get food and get wow, sex, who cares? Wow, you can wow. be mad, be mad all you want. Oh, angst right now i'm trying to just i'm trying to focus on what you're saying and i'm not understanding the words that are coming out of your mouth that's all well let's just leave it at that goodbye everybody <laughs> thanks for listening i hope uh i don't know if you, you got know, anything out of this or not we, i'm leaving this to jen next day we need to have a script next Bye, time everybody we can't just have these stupid notes have a wonderful day night <laughs> all right whenever. the music's goodbye. coming up jen x mom is off the radio she's done now we'll turn hers down and turn hers off she's out of there um, the kid was not present for another one. He had a long day at school and we've been way behind on everything we're supposed to be doing at Gen X talk. So I just want to say, uh, we squeezed out another podcast. We tried to answer the questions that the kid had pulled from you guys, uh, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. You guys have left us questions during comments and, uh, and, and during live streams and on post. We do our best to answer them. We're not, we would we'll tell you up front. We don't know what we're doing. We didn't get a handbook about raising kids. We literally made it up as we went along. So we're not doing too bad, though. We've got eight kids in our last batch. Only one's a complete fuck-up. Seven are good, so our odds are pretty good as parents. We're looking pretty good. If we end up going to see the Lord soon, we can say, hey, 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 look. Seven out of eight, not too bad. Can we get in? <laughs> Open those pearly gates, baby. All right. We got to go. We got to go. I'm late, and I'm running. I got to do the editing and all the stuff because the kid's not here. But thank you guys for watching uh, our live streams. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast and all the participation you give us. I don't know where in the world you're listening, whether it's on AM, FM, or Sirius XM Radio, or anywhere on the Armed Service Radio Network. But I just want to tell you thank you guys. We'll catch you guys all on the flip side.